You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The fun and games start after this. St. Louis Acura is celebrating 35 years with Acura, so we're giving you some unprecedented offers, like the all-new 2022 Acura MDX. Get 1.9% financing for up to 60 months and 1,000 in loyalty and conquest offers. Or get 0% financing on the redesigned 2021 TLX for up to 60 months and $2,500 in loyalty conquest offers. St. Louis Acura, committed to becoming better than ever for you. The weekend just got more entertaining. It's Weekend Joe on Claves Online, driven by Munganast St. Louis Acura. Hear from some of the big names in St. Louis and national sports every weekend. And now, here's Joe Roderick and me, I'm Andy Hanselman. And welcome on into another episode of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, right here on ClabesOnline.com. I am Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hanselman. Hello there, Andy. Hi, Joseph. I uh, well, we have a lot to get into today. We really, uh, we really do. As uh, we got golf to talk about with you, we have big news in Major League Baseball going on. Uh, so much other stuff to uh, to discuss as uh as we uh, as we get going here on the show but andy I, I have decided that i i have a new role for you on the uh, on the show a new assignment a new uh task if you will for you on the uh, on the show oh really yeah i i just each and every week i get so pissed off at myself for getting about 20 30 minutes into the show and then not realizing I haven't mentioned who the guests are. So from right. here on out, Andy, within the first five minutes of the show, I, I am asking that you ask me who the guests are on the show. Okay. Joe, who are, the, who are today's guests on the show? Andy, I'm so glad you asked because I'm really excited about the uh, the guests that we have on the show, as I am each and every, each and every week. I, I really am happy with the guest list that we continue to put out here each and every week here on Claves Online and and weekend joe since we've been on the uh, on the podcast site now for the past year plus i think what 55 56 weeks or so now and going strong so andy as you know the rockies are in town this weekend right and lots of lots of stories involving the cardinals and the rockies when you talk nolan arenado you look at friday's starter austin gomber uh, the Rockies' new first baseman, Matt Adams. They have a lot of stuff going on. So I, I reached out to a friend of the show, Benjamin Hockman, and I said, Hoxie, used to work in Denver. Who can I have on to talk Rockies baseball? And he right away, he said, get Nick Groke on. He works for the Athletics. So I did, and Nick and I had a, a nice long conversation. You'll hear that coming up. And then with the NFL draft last week, Andy, and Andy, after you and I recorded last week, it, the, the story of Aaron Rodgers came out. Yes. 
and we, we have that. We had that to talk about. So I reached out to Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. We talk draft. We talk Rogers. We talk with him. So that is the guest list on the show today. You can see it right there on the graphic. You can see it right there in the description where they are if you want to just fast forward uh, to those interviews and listen to uh, some Rockies talk, some draft talk, whatever it is that tickles your fancy. We got it there for you on the uh on the show so that is what we have coming up andy the one thing that we don't have a guest for today probably the biggest news right now in st louis even though it doesn't have shit to do with <laughs> with st louis at the moment that is albert pools was released yes he was the angels decided in the 10th year of the monumental 10-year, $256 million contract that Albert Pujols signed in December of 2011, that they are going to release him of his duties and he no longer has to be a Los Angeles angel. And God, it just, I mean, for a future Hall of Famer, one of the best hitters that the game of baseball has ever seen, possibly one of the best, I mean, maybe the best right-handed hitter in the history of baseball to get released in the final, and one month into the final season of your contract with a team is, God, I, I understand, you know, they're trying to put together a winning team there in Los Angeles, but man, that's just a, that's a bad look for an organization, right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I just pulled a story up here. It says, in part of 10 seasons with the Angels Pools, batted 256 311 447 with 222 home runs in 1181 games uh in 11 seasons with the cardinals he hit 328 426 17 with 445 home runs and over 12,000 plate appearances yeah it's i mean career is 298 376 545 the the thing that stood out to me the most joe was that the can you hear the dogs a little way? bit it's fine no they're they're fine just tell waldo to shut up all the other ones could bark as much as they want tell waldo to shut his trap waldo isn't doing anything i'm it's sure all, all, i'm sure he's instigating the whole thing my lawn my lawn guy is here so they're very very upset i'm sure well i'm sure waldo's sitting there going guys bark right but, but sit here on these four corners and bark yes <laughs> anyway the thing that stood out to me the most and i didn't even realize this was that uh, Albert was a nine-time All-Star in St. Louis. Every year, right? Pretty much every every year except for two. He was a one-time All-Star in Los Angeles. I, you know what's funny is I couldn't even tell you which year that was. I mean, it had to have been his first year, right? I would imagine so. First or second year. I, he might have struggled that first year. It might have been the second year. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm using the Google machines. Yeah, that it's it just it has not been good. It has not been a good a it's not been a good marriage there in Los Angeles between Albert and the Angels. It just never clicked. It never worked out. He was hurt more there than he ever was yeah. here in in St. Louis. So it sucked. It sucked to watch it go down the way that it did. Yep. So now you kind of look at, okay, what's next? And I know the city of St. Louis would absolutely love for him to come to the Cardinals. And as great of a story as that would be, if there was a DH here, Andy, I would be standing on top of this table right now, screaming for the Cardinals to sign Albert Pools. 
Oh, absolutely. Would, without, would without not a doubt. Care, would not care what their situation was or anything. I, I, there would be nothing I would care about. Yeah. But they had the DH for sure. Uh, that all three was in 2015. Okay. So it's kind of the middle of the middle of the contract. Okay. But yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not pop. The Cardinals aren't going to bring them in here. No, if there's, was, there's if no, if it place. was August or September when this happened and they wanted to bat down the road off the bench, then maybe, maybe, but not in May. No. So I, it's just, it's just one of those. that's not going to happen. You know, it's not, but I'll tell you this where he's going to end up he's going to end up with the white Sox. well that's kind of what i saw sean i saw a front of the show john marisak uh my, my fill-in co-host from time to time here on weekend joe tweet out don't those, give it no 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 hold on don't give him credit for that i tweeted it out like two minutes before he did no no he got he got it from you okay no, but his but okay. his but his comment was where's the end up chicago kansas city st louis does he, does he reunite with TLR with the White Sox? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I, I think that's absolutely where he where he goes. And because, because Joe, I, they they have the DH there. They have the DH there, and then when you look at the fact that they've lost Eloy Jimenez, for uh, they they lost him at the beginning of the season. He's uh he's out for uh several months, and then uh Lewis Robert. They just lost him for like 16 weeks, I think is what they said. He's going to be uh, going to be shelved for. They they need a bat in the lineup. I, I know, you know, they have, uh, is it Yerman? Uh, God, it's uh, Yerman. I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the last name right now for, for who their DH has been. But I know like last week they had Jake Lamb as their DH who was hitting 143. Like, that's not good. You, you could go, you go bring pool holes in and, and see what kind of lightning in a bottle you can, you can get. What's the guy's name? Yerman? Yerman something. How do you spell Yerman? Y-E-R-M-I-N. Yerman. Oh, Yerman Mercedes. Mercedes? Mercedes? Yeah, Mercedes, yeah. So, they, I mean, they they have, they can, the thing is that they'll work at it. They'll figure out how to make it work. He's listed as their catcher. He is, I think he is a catcher by trade, but they also have Yasmani Grandal as their their catcher. They're loaded. They, They have a very good team. They have uh, suffered some injuries, but I wonder when you look at it and, and Andy, I told you we were going to talk about it on the show today. So like it is, it is shocking to me still to follow Chicago sports media and see how Tony La Russa is just being vilified by them. And this is a team that's tied for first place right now in the American league central. Correct. They had a very good April and they're a very, very good team. They they should win or at least be if they don't win the AL Central, they should be a wild card team. They're 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 a very good team. But from the original signing, Chicago sports media hated it, absolutely hated it. And then the DUI came out, and then they hated it even more. Right. And it has just continued to just it is just absolutely continued to to just snowball into this big issue where they win a game it's all the players they lose a game somehow tlr lost the game it's like kevin slayton somehow became all of chicago sports media oh really 
because that is exactly what happened here in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. I mean, it, it just said that's, that's how things went when I first came in here into town and well, that's and listening to, uh, listening to him on the air. It's how about, it, how about this LaRusa? It, it's get this guy out of here. It, it, that's, I mean, that's what it is. It's just everything it's they're counting. Okay. This is, Oh, he, this is, he cost them that game. He cost them that game. And, to be honest, I, you know, he, he screwed up the other day by not knowing the rule. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you saw it. So it we saw this in the, in the Cardinal game uh, last week when they won an extra innings is that if the pitcher's spot is the spot of the last out, he does not in the extra innings, that spot, the pitcher does not have to run the bases, does not right. have to be the, the runner on second. And we saw that it was the, the hitter before the second out of the inning was the one that ran for the Reds and in that game. I think it was the Reds, right? Yeah, it was the Reds. Yes. So we, we saw that happen here in, in St. Louis with, with that. So we, we knew, you know, and I don't think a lot of people knew that rule before it happened. It was like, Oh, okay. That, that makes sense. Why, you know, first of all, pitchers shouldn't be hitting. So they definitely shouldn't be running the bases. Right. Okay. So, and on top of that too, if you want, if, if you're not going to make the pitcher run the bases, why are we making them hit? It's stupid all, whatever. I, I'm going to get into a different tangent. If I, if I keep going down this way, Larusa didn't know that he had his closer, Liam Hendricks on the bases <laughs> instead well, of Jose Abreu. Why didn't one of his coaches tell him? I mean, somebody and that's the had, thing. So first off, had to know. First off, I'm gonna guess. I don't. I, I don't know how fast Liam Hendricks is. I'm gonna guess maybe he's a little faster than Jose Abreu. So maybe it wasn't the worst thing. But it doesn't look good having your pitcher, your closer out there who hasn't run the bases in probably a decade. Right. So it doesn't look good. But that's yes. Okay. The manager should know the rules. I think, you know, Cardinal era, Tony LaRusso knew every rule that there was. The fact that LaRusso has been in the front office on the rules committee, LaRusso should know the rules. Right. But also the bench coach should know the rules. One of the base coaches should know the like the, the, the first base coach should be looking out there going, wait a minute, why the hell is our closer out there on second? This can't right. be right. Time out. Time yeah, out. Hey, hold on. Get somebody else out here. Like they should know this. Right. They should have they, they, there. It shouldn't just be like, it, it should be like, he's going to take the blame no matter what. Right. As, as he should, and as he did, somebody else needs to be out there to take the blame. I mean, Joe, you would think he, maybe even the GM would call down from the box out of the dugout and be like, Hey, Tony, you don't have to put that bozo out there on the bases. That one of the players said, Hey man, uh, I don't think that's right. Yeah. No one said a thing. I'm telling you, if I'm a pitcher, if I'm a pitcher, I, I want to know the rule. Like, hey, I, I don't have to – wait, wait, why are you sending me out? I don't have to run. Right. You want me to run? Right. No. God. Oh, it, it just it, – it just – it makes no sense that they're – that, you know, that, that it happened. And I just – I don't understand the heat that he's getting. It just – it baffles me that he is getting as much heat as he is, but – you know, you know what? I, I think I think if the situation were similar, where the where the Cardinals had high, I mean, granted, you know, Larusa La does have legacy in Chicago with being there before, but if the Cardinals had hired a seventy six year old manager, I mean, although I will say this, I mean, I, you could compare it to them bringing back Whitey Herzog at some point. I mean, I think Whitey's now ninety, 
But there was a, there was always talk that when if Larusso were to ever fail, that they would bring Whitey back as an interim manager or or as the permanent manager. And like, no, he's seventy five years old. Right. Not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. It's it's just a a crazy situation that's going on up there in uh in chicago but nonetheless it's you know right here in st louis the the everything seems to be going well i'm i'm very happy with the offense that the outfield's been putting out there lately and you can hear rammer and i talk about it every single day on daily cards on the oh. website it's, it's it's like 10 to 15 minutes long andy it's it's easy listening it's something you could just be sitting there and you go oh i gotta i, I gotta drive to work boom i'm gonna hit play i'm gonna listen to that on the uh, on my drive home from work, the game's at seven o'clock tonight. I'm gonna hear what these two guys have to say about the Redbirds. Yeah, not that long-haired guy, but that, that other guy who knows baseball. I'll listen to him. This this hair, I'm 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 you know I got I got plans to get it. Uh, I you know what? It got a lot of uh, got a lot of talk last week out at the uh, at the fan page at the Walrus Open at the fan page club championship. Oh, did it now. Yeah, uh, I had quite a few people come up and uh, say that they were, you know, they were happy, excited to see the hair in person. Yeah, they, they've seen the pictures of it. They've seen it in because I had it. I had the half up, Andy. I had the I had the half up where I just I, had this part just tied back, and I, I had the other part down at my shoulders, so you could see just how long the hair was, but it, it still looked nice. So I, uh, as I pulled in, uh, you were on the range. I believe you were talking to. Oh, who are you talking to? I was making the rounds, man. Well, you brought several pizzas. Was I did. I God, I just laid out several pizzas all over Gateway. But Joe, I was I was wondering who because I recognized the person you were talking to. I, I can't think of who of who it is right this second. But uh, I was like, well, who, who? Alvin Mack, uh, Jay Boyd, Barra. Yeah, I was. Yeah, you're talking to Barra. I'm like, who's Barra talking to? Who's the guy with the? I'm like, oh, that's my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I seriously had to do a double take for a second. I'm like, what is that? What's going on up there? Who's the guy with the hair? I'm like, oh, that's Joe. Daddy Padre, the uh the, the blues emergency goalie. Yep. Uh he so he teed off. I'm sitting there, I'm talking to people at the first tee box. He he's standing there, whatever. Then he tees off and he's standing around. Somebody else says something to me and he turns, he goes, Oh. Joe, he didn't even know it was me. Yeah, <laughs> you're uh, you're not you're 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 barely recognizable these days. Uh, I had somebody come to me too. I was like, oh, you keep losing weight. I'm like, actually, no. Like, fat ass keeps gaining it now. Oh, like, have you, have you put a few LBs back on? I've just it's just been hovering right now. It's just yeah. it's not it's not coming off as as easy as I want, but it's it's fine. We're you know what we're in the month of May now. It's nice out all the time. Once. Yep. I, once softball gets in, I stop having the, all these damn rainouts every every day. Yep. Like I'm on I'm on three teams and I haven't played since mon- last Monday. Oh wow. Yeah, everything keeps getting rained out, and uh, so once that gets into the full gear, and I, I'm doing that every night or three nights a week, then everything will be fine. Then I don't have anything to worry about. But Andy, you 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 fell in your first round matchup. I did. Uh, that was. I know you had the ankle wrapped. I know you had some ankle issues. Are we? Are we putting any of that uh, blame on the ankle? No, 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 none at all. My what, physical well being was then? fine. Joe, it was. It was really just a matter of me. I mean, first of all, Jay played an outstanding match. He made a lot of. He made a lot of clutch shots when he needed to. Yeah. Um, 
I just didn't, I didn't capitalize on my opportunities when I had the chance to, uh, there were, there were putts that were missed that should have been made, uh, you know, six footers, seven footers to either, uh, to, to, to go up. I feel like after about seven holes, I had the opportunity to be, to be four up or so. And I just, I, I just, I couldn't capitalize on those opportunities. Just, it just, the, the putts just weren't falling for me. Yeah, I, I still, I can't, I can't imagine just, I mean, you played a lot of golf that weekend and I did. What's funny is I think Cletus is the only person that, uh, that won his match that went on that trip. Really? My, uh, yeah. My playing partner, Charlie Godier, uh, down in Dalhousie, uh, he lost his match. Curtis Hall lost his match. Um, yeah, just about everybody who went on the golf trip who played Sunday lost. <laughs> That's it. Hey, you know what you learn for uh, next year now, huh? Yep. I'd rather go down to Dalhousie anyway. Really? <laughs> Yeah. So do you, I mean, you, you had joked about uh, pulling out of the tournament. Are you, are you upset that you didn't do that? No, I'm glad I played. Okay. No, I just, I wanted to go caddy for daddy Padre. I did. I did help him on his first shot. Uh, gave him a little place to aim. Um, I, I think if I'm, if I'm on Padre's bag, that, uh, that eggs goes down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's down now to, uh, to 32, uh, but how does it work for you now? I mean, you get what, like, is there a, is there a consolation brackets? There have been consolation brackets in the past. There's um, been a lot I, of consolation brackets in the past. Yes, there have been. I, there have been, there's, I don't think there's an official consolation bracket this year. So I, I think I'm done. That sucks. Yeah. Jeez. So which is fine. I have enough golf on my docket this summer anyway. So you do where, where are any other trips planned or anything? Uh, Scottsdale in September again. Um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, maybe, maybe Colorado this summer. Nice. What part of, uh, what part of Colorado? You already, you're already going to Colorado, right? Oh, no, that, that part of it got changed. Um, I was supposed to be going, but my mom and dad have changed their destination. Uh, for their vacation so i'm uh probably breckenridge somewhere around there we're just looking at that so that's uh yeah i so i've started reading i i think i have made a change did i talk about this last no i didn't uh, talk about this last week did i about the change that i'm making to the south dakota trip uh no so last week did you listen i, I don't know if I, I know you were traveling you were busy did you have a chance to listen i had a uh, author did. timothy malcolm on last week I did not get a chance to listen. So he uh, he wrote a book about baseball road trips and has it all separated to regions and, and all over the place. And Andy, he, uh, he has all of, you know, just how to get to certain places and do that. So the original plan for the Mount Rushmore trip was going to be over to Kansas City up to, uh, up to South Dakota. Right. I've changed that now. Okay. Now it's going up to Minnesota uh-huh over to see a twins game right over to south dakota then back to omaha to run the race down there and then kansas city for a game that same day and then back home oh okay so gonna hit up two stadiums well that'll be fun yeah I, I think so now luckily we know how to get to minneapolis right that's a, i mean that's a straight trip especially if you're not doing it at two in the morning like you and i did right and make sure you get gas before you cross the river into Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, you know, that, that's a, an idea that, uh, that, that just kind of sparked, but I'm reading this book and I've been kind of looking over some of the, uh, some of the things. And I, I did, so the, the, the game I went to, the Cardinal game I went to a few weeks ago, I did the poll on the, uh, the concessions. 
Yes. And this book, he has all of these, um, he, he has all of these uh, ideas, all of these things for the, uh, where you could go or, or the food you can eat at the ballpark, things like that. And Andy, this is going to spark a lot of nice poll questions over the next, uh, over the summer for some of these stadiums that I'm going to. Well, we talked about uh, different, well, we talked, I think we talked about the different Bush Stadium offerings last year or last week. Uh, that you should put on your polls after after one gets knocked off. What are you gonna What are you gonna replace it with? Um, so that's so yeah. So we we kind of we kind of got a good taste of that last week. Yeah, that. So it's uh, I, I think the one, and I, I don't have it anywhere near me right now. The book anywhere near me right now, but there was a there was one in Minnesota, Andy. It is like a two pound chili cheese dog. A two pound yeah two pound chili cheese dog with toppings galore. Should have Clay say that for you. And pound chili cheese dog. <laughs> he had, it says in there, grab three to five of your friends to help you finish it off. And I'm thinking, what? No, I don't want to share. Well, plus it's COVID. Then you get, get COVID. you know what? You you get that in the first inning, and it takes you all nine. Good. See, but then that breaks that breaks the hot dog nacho combo rule about hot dog in the first inning, nachos in the fifth. Yeah. Yeah. So if it takes you the whole game to eat a damn hot dog, how are you going to have nachos in the fifth inning? Right. So I, I, I have, how that, are you going to be know, extra fat Joe is what I, I have that say. on my list. Another thing too. And I like the book so far, like I'm going to use many of these recommendations that he has in the book. And I'm very much looking forward to trying some of these things out. But one of the, uh, one of the recommendations I know he said, so it has in there like, Hey, you know what? You, if you're going to like, say you're going to a Saturday night game. In, in mm-hmm. a city it has like a whole 10 hour day planned for you and oh, wow. one of the things it had for like a rockies game was to go on a hike like a six mile hike in the morning oh i'm not going on a six mile hike in the morning why i'm just not doing that but you'd go run somewhere six miles in the morning yes yes but i'm not walking that you could run it if you wanted i guess I don't know. I, we didn't talk about this last week. So la- yeah, Claves has already volunteered me to climb a mountain in 2022. So Oh, with I, Ryan Kelly? Yes. You'd be good at that. I don't know. Where's he's isn't Ryan Kelly doing that right now? Like he, mountain, I think next week he, he starts in Alaska. Yeah. He he's climbing a mountain in Alaska and then 2022 he's climbing a mountain it's in Alaska. It's not Africa. just a mountain in Alaska. It's the it's the, the tallest damn mountain in the United States, Joe. I okay. I'm just saying he's climbing a mountain in Alaska. It used to be called Mount McKinley. Now it's called Mount Denali. Obama renamed it. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Is that really what it? I mean, it's, what, what, the, so that so it's what happened to Mount McKinley. I, I okay. So growing up, I remember I always thought Mount McKinley. I, I am. This is. I am not good. Okay. When did it change? Like for real? Twenty four. No. Uh, yeah. Twenty fourteen. Who who did change it? Obama. Like he really went in and changed it. Uh huh. Denali, also known as Mount McKinley, its former official name is the highest mountain peak in North America, with a summit elevation of twenty thousand three hundred and ten feet above sea level. Uh, naming. Uh, uh, on August thirtieth to uh, twenty fifteen, just ahead of a presidential visit to Alaska, the Barack Obama administration announced the name Denali would be restored in line with the Alaska Geographic Board designation. I had no idea. 
U.S. Secretary of the Interior, Sally Jewell, issued the order changing the name to Denali on August 28, 2015, effective immediately. So yeah, it used to be called Mount McKinley. Now it's called Mount, now, now it's just called Denali. I see. Okay. So like, I, 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 that had never crossed my mind that they were the same thing. Yep. So he's right. climbing the, climbing the tallest mountain in, is, is, did I say North America? Yes. Highest mountain peak in North America. Boy, Joe, and it's a big one. That is. It's a big one. That is, uh, yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll keep you updated over the next year how that goes. And Thanks. I'll be training for that. I'm uh, gonna look forward to your updates. How you, how do you train for that? It's zero clue. I don't know. What is it called? What is it? Upper limits or whatever the rock climbing places in St. Louis? Yeah, I guess so. Well, Go there big, and, and climb that a couple times. I'm, there's a, I don't there's know. A big, there's a big glacier there too. Well, you have to, you're gonna have to get some gear, and so that's kind of fun. I need a belay. Yes. Yeah. You need some of those boots with the big with the big spikes in them. Look at that! You, are you are you are you impressed that I knew that word? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm impressed. impressed. I knew that word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's what we have coming up over the next year or uh, or so. Hey, we have uh, as I said. Oh, by the way, um, by the way, happy anniversary to you, Andy. Oh, thank you very so much. That, did you uh did did you guys you get did you guys go out? Uh going out tonight. Cinco. Oh, so you're going out tonight. Yeah, we had we had lunch yesterday at a at a Mexican joint here in town yeah. and we're going out tonight. How was I there is, I mean, with how short staffed restaurants are right now. Yep. I there there's no way I could go into a restaurant or I would want to do that because I know the one by the one by my house here has been closing early because they're short staffed. They didn't do any takeout orders because they're short staffed. I mean, it's been an absolute mess and I feel so terrible for them. They for, were pretty uh, well for that, but I know place. they were jam packed yeah. yesterday. Yeah. My place is pretty well staffed. Uh, they were not as busy at lunch, I think as, as they were after, uh, after work. Oh yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, it was a decent day out too. So yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah. So, yep, nine years of uh, wedded bliss. Uh, so yeah, that's and um, we we just did uh, we did we did stuffed burritos on the Blackstone. Oh, and how were those? Well, way overstuffed. Way overstuffed. Yes, that can happen sometimes. Yeah, I I I asked for two of them and uh, really could barely finish one. There. You asked for two. Of, how how big was the tortilla? Oh, it was the big fool. It was the, the, the huge one. I mean, these were La Bamba-sized burritos that ended up getting made. I was not expecting that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of easy to overstuff a tortilla if, yeah. you don't know, if you don't make tacos like on the reg. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that looks like plenty of ground beef. No, you know, with a huge mess. Right, exactly. So, but yeah, so that's uh, there. So I mean, the, the, the whole restaurant industry as a whole, I mean, I keep seeing all, and I know St. Louis has opened up all the way now. They're they're saying 100%, but it's not 100% with still the the social distancing that needs to be put in place and add on to that all the short staff i just i feel so terrible for these restaurant owners that are that are trying so hard and, and made it through the ones that survived this uh this past year and now they're getting hit so hard by by, by not having employees right yeah. now I, I just i feel terrible for them it's a uh it's a bad beat and uh, you know the the government kind of did it to themselves right I mean, I understand that people needed help, but you know, people, I don't know. I'm gonna leave, I'll leave my opinions to myself on it.
All right. Well, we will take a uh, break then, Andy. I mentioned the uh, I mentioned the uh, the the South Dakota, the the Minnesota, South Dakota, Omaha, Kansas, the the round trip that I'll uh, be taking in September. And one of the things I'm doing for that, I'm renting a car from Munganass Alton Toyota. That's what I suggest you do. You call Jamie Burkhart. You call him up at Munganass Alton Toyota. Uh, call him. Call any of the the, the sales staff working there. And you let them know, say, hey, I heard about it on Weekend Joy. I heard about it on Klaibs Online. You can rent a car. Klaibs rented a car to go down to spring training this year. He drove down to Jupiter this uh, this past winter for spring training. He rented a Highlander from Munganass Alton Toyota. You can rent a car from Munganass Alton Toyota. You don't have to put the miles on your car. You can get more space than your car that, that you have if you're needing to pack up for this huge road trip that you have in the uh, in the works munganass alton toyota you can give them a call find them online at altontoyota.com and uh, rent a car from them for your summer road trip make plans to do so save the mileage on your car save the uh you know get them get more storage and hey you're gonna like that car so much you might come back and you might want to buy it and jamie burkhardt over there at munganass alton toyota is going to make you a hell of a deal to get you behind the wheel of that car that you just rented and took out on the road great sponsor here of everything we do at not only weekend joe but claims online as well sponsor daily cards each and every day it's munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass, Alton, Toyota here on ClaibsOnline.com. This is Weekend Joe. We take a break and we come back. Nick Groke of The Athletic talking Rockies baseball. Eric Edholm of Yahoo talking NFL draft and Aaron Rodgers. And then Andy and I come back with some crack slippers. Right after this, it is Weekend Joe driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Munganass, Alton, Toyota, ClaibsOnline.com. Maybe you've been thinking about doing some home improvements. Well, the timing has never been better to do those projects. Let's drop your rate and get you the cash you need to make those improvements today. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. The Home Loan Expert LLC, NMLS number 1326241. And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClaibsOnline.com. The uh, the Rockies coming into town this weekend. So thought we'd preview the team a little bit, reached out to uh, Benjamin Hockman and asked him, I, I said, who do I need to get on from the Denver area to talk Rockies? And he suggested this man, Nick Grope from The Athletic, joining us now. So Nick, big, big, uh, heavy pressure on you right now as a uh, Hoxie is the one that recommended you. I think I'm going to have to talk to Benjamin about this. He might, <laughs> I'm going to have to hold him accountable for this one. No, I'm kidding. So I, I, I want to start before we get into the team, before we get into the season. And of course, we're going to talk Nolan Arenado. Uh, where do the Rockies rank in Denver sports? Yeah. Uh, well, that's a good question. It's a, I've always tried to figure this out. Um, they it's weirdly, you know, it's a lot of times it's seasonal, obviously, you know, a, a lot of times um, it's a Broncos town. It's an NFL town for sure. Uh, a, a lot of times between the Nuggets and the Avs and the Rockies, it's kind of like just a number two sort of uh, like a tie for number two. The, and it, it, it ebbs and flows. It, it waxes and wanes or whatever. But um, they're there for a team that has never won its division <laughs> and uh, often is sort of irrelevant in the MLB scape. Uh, the Rockies really do have a, a 
a big following in Denver. It's just a casual following is the thing. Uh, it's not like St. Louis and the Cardinals. Um, it's not like Denver fans and the Broncos. It's more kind of like a casual kind of relationship with the Rockies. And it's, it's one of the things that's like kind of frustrating about how they do things as a team sometimes too, is that they, it doesn't seem like they always engender a lot of like passionate following. Does the, does the following have a lot to do with kind of the atmosphere around there? So I've never been to Coors Field. I'm actually going there in a few weeks. I'm going to be out there for my first time in a few weeks. And from what I hear, it's just, you, you go there for the views, for the scene, and then there's uh, for the beer. And then there's a baseball game in the background. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it's, you know, some people call it like Denver's best bar. I, I think that's a little bit unfair. The one, the thing about Coors Field is, and it's, to me, it is one of the better ballparks in baseball. Um, it's up there anyway. It, it's funny, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Fenway, as an example. But when you sit in Fenway, like, um, the seats are incredibly uncomfortable. They're tiny. Like, what's weird is, you know, everybody's, like, on the edge of their seats in Boston when they when, at a Red Sox game. It's because, like, the seats are so shallow, you can't sit anywhere except on the edge of the seat. Like, it's very uncomfortable. And it just, like, makes everybody sort of, like edgy and like into the game because there's nothing like you can't you know at Coors Field it's just very comfortable you can like almost literally sort of like kick back and and just like it's like more like going to a picnic um I don't think this is a problem exactly uh you know I'll go to games in San Francisco and and a pitcher I always I always like make fun of them about this a little bit like San, the Giants fans are great but sometimes they'll, like they'll give a standing ovation to a pitcher who pitched like five innings and gave up six hits or whatever. I'm like, okay, like, all right, like we, I get it. You're into the game, but like, was that really deserved? Um, so it's just a different, it's just different is how I would, is how I would say. It's funny you say that because I, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll jump into the Arenado stuff. He's hit two home runs at Bush stadium this year. And both times he's gotten curtain calls. Now, like the first one was the Cardinals home opener. It was a home run in the eighth inning. It won them the game. It, it was a, it was basically the game winning home run in, in that first uh, that first game. And it was a great moment to introduce himself to the town. But the other one was this past week. It was a Monday night game. He, he hit a home run to extend a lead. And it's like, okay, we don't need to do this every, I understand, you know, we're at a third capacity and not everybody's gotten to see him yet. We don't need to do this every single time. So St. St. Louis fans are, are guilty of that as well. Well, I mean, and that's it's cool. It's it's cool. Like, but like just by way of comparison, he might have gotten a curtain call on opening day if he hit like a game winner. Um, there's a famous home run he hit on on Father's Day that completed the. It was a you know it completed a cycle and it won the game. Like that was a curtain call moment. Um, but like, yeah, he's not getting a curtain. He wouldn't be getting a curtain call in the on a Monday against <laughs> against the Diamondbacks or whatever for hitting a fifth run, a fifth inning home run. And that's again, like, I it's fine. That's fine. It's cool. I don't, and I don't honestly, I don't think he would be bugged. I don't think he was ever like bugged by it either. As as that move happened, and now you're we're a month into the season, five weeks into the season, and you look back at everything that transpired to make that move what it was. Is that something that that you see now, especially with the GM being fired or resigning too? Did that need to happen? Did there did there need to be that split between Colorado and, and Nolan Arenado? It's funny. I'm I am still sifting through this 
because there is a lot to unpack with that. It's it's not a normal trade. It was definitely not a normal trade. Um, did it have to happen? Like eventually, it it absolutely had to happen. Um, at one point, it, it got to it got to be so bad at one point that it it should have happened earlier. Really, I mean, um, but the you know when you zoom out a little bit and no, and notice that you know you sign they signed a player their best player to a long term extension and less than a year later he's asking for a trade that absolutely did not need to happen like that that part is just stupid um you know like the how quickly the their their situation devolved which just was just like not good at all and you know one of one of the things i've i've been able to figure out kind of like in hindsight you know a lot of a lot of Nolan's, a lot of Nolan Arnauto's frustrations with the team, uh, justified as they were, um, you know, maybe he should have known that before he, signed. maybe he should have figured that out before he signed. Um, like I, you know, because he knows the team, like he knew what he was getting into. Um, now I, I, it's still, it's still, it still baffles me entirely though that the that you know his bosses would just marginalize him. He was under contract, and. <laughs> You know, like he maybe could have opted out, but it would have been a really bad time to opt out. I don't, I honestly don't know if he really would have. Um, I mean, the, the you know, I, I try not to work in absolutes, but if we're looking, if we have to, if we, if we have to do that, you know, the fault definitely does not lie with, with Nolan Arnato. I mean, it's just like one of those, it's just one of those weird situations where it was so, it was so bad that there were signs that it was bad before it got bad uh that that maybe that maybe he should have been a little bit more in tune with but now now i'm going out of my way to like kind of put it on him and it's really not it really was not it was it's just like bad management all around and the stories uh, you know the stories that have come out since then uh, from covering it from the denver standpoint like you do and seeing some of these stories knowing that in the off season he was sending video of of himself swinging to cardinal players and trying mean, wanting to be here so bad does that kind of sour on your and the legacy that he left in with the rockies or does it kind of look like okay you know what he never wanted to be here it, it was it was bound to happen at some point well, um yeah i know the thing about that and i and i noticed you know that that kind of hit a little bit wrong with rockies fans after that kind of you know who, who was it? Was it, was it Wainwright? I think that was it Wainwright was or Carpenter, one of them. Um, I think yeah. the, um, you know, when, when he, when he started talking about it, the thing, the thing about that is if I may, um, no one's sending videos of his swing to ev freaking everybody. He was sending them to Matt Kemp. Um, he was sending them to Matt Kemp and then Matt Kemp, when Matt Kemp was a free agent and then they, they ended up like working together in the off season before the pandemic, during the pandemic. And then, and then Matt Kemp ended up signing with the Rockies uh, last year. Like he he sent it to every sent it to Matt Holiday. Um, like he it's just like a thing that he does. He's I don't, he's not like bragging. He really is like he's just such a baseball rat. He just that's what it seems like. Yeah, is that he just loves the game so much. So like there are some guys that just want to be completely separated from it when they're away from the field. But it seems like he is you know he'll go home and watch you know MLB TV at night and, and right. just be locked into everything. Yeah, he loves yeah. the game. Exactly. And, um, you know, the, the, t you know, I, th I think Wainwright, the thing that, I think the thing that sort of keyed up on Rockies fans when, when Wainwright said that was just the timing of it, um, that he was sending those videos <laughs> to Cardinals players, like basically right after he signed again, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not trying to speak for him, but 
I don't think that that's all that big a deal. I don't think he was trying to trying to like, you know, uh, like some Bond villain trying to like get himself out of <laughs> like immediately get himself out of. I don't. That's not how it works. And you know, Nolan, uh, you know, Nolan, Nolan's agent, <laughs> Wolf, who should probably be some kind of like agent of the decade after after figuring out that trade. Um, <laughs> no one does not see he's not seeing all of these steps he's not like all right you know I, i've got a grand plan where i'm going to text wainwright and then he's going to go talk to mosaic and like, like no <laughs> he sees he's like see he literally in that moment i'm sure was just like i want somebody to like give me some swing tips or whatever like that was it like that was the extent of it i'm really i really don't think there's a thing there so when uh, I mean, so now the the fan base, you know, the the GM steps down, he resigns, fired, whatever, how, however they wanted to word that within the organization, for that to happen a month into the season, like where, how, how, what is the state of the of the Rockies now as oh, they as they come into St. Louis? Oh, uh, the morale is low. Morale is very low. Um, you know, and I and I think the the things that have sort of transpired. Uh, with their front office after the trade is very much due to the trade in a lot of ways. There were, there are a lot of other issues obviously, but um, that really kind of like burst the bubble a little bit and they, and how they responded to it uh, is, is kind of what, what's leading to a lot of these changes. But um, you know, the, with, with the, with the general manager leaving Jeff Breidich, there was, I think there was, if I, again, if I'm just guessing, if I'm just guessing at fan kind of reaction, like there, they were, they were pleased by that. They feel like there's, there might be the start of some progress to like get out of this hole. Uh, but like cautious, cautious optimism. Um, but again, it's just, it's, you know, and I, I think, I mean, I, I, I sort of realized this at the time, if I may say that, that, that trade is, was so, was so monumental and bad for the Rockies that it was not going to just go away. Like there's too much stuff going on. Like um, they were not going to just be able to go, go right into a season and just forget about it. No way. So like, of course we're still, we're still seeing, seeing the fallout. Like it's going to, and it's going to keep going. It's going to keep going all season. So now you mentioned the trade, one of the centerpieces, or I guess the, the biggest centerpiece that the Rockies got back for that was Austin Gomber. Uh, who was the only major league ready guy in that in that deal? He's actually going to be on the mound tonight in Game One of the uh, of the series. So the uh, the Cardinal fans, uh, I don't, I, I'm always I'm always intrigued. We always, you know, we joke here in St. Louis about the reaction that former players are going to get. Uh, I know a few years ago Joe Kelly made his return, and I think he got three standing ovations in one night for <laughs> for what he. <laughs> for coming back and now you, there there will be talk on on st louis sports talk radio today about the time that uh, of an ovation that austin gomber will get i can guarantee you that's going to be part of a conversation today uh, on the airwaves but uh, the you know so he's back in town what is he two and three on the season uh how how is how is he looking so far in that Colorado rotation there there was one game where he got blown up in San Francisco and it, and it turned out that they 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 thought he was tipping some pitches um the Giants were like very keyed on his curveball uh in that game but he rebounded from it very quickly uh to me I think he looks really good um it's weird you know 
uh, Austin Gomber is a real interesting test case for the Rockies because he is a pitcher who they didn't develop. Uh, he's currently, I mean, he's, I mean, they have another, they have one other pitcher sort of at the back end of their, their rotation now, who's a fill in who, who they also didn't develop, but really like Austin Gomber is a great test case because he's young, but he, he came from another team. So he has a different way of kind of like doing things as a pitcher. Um, and it's been interesting to see how, how that translates to the Rockies. Uh, I think that he, I think he, you know, numbers aside, I think that he looks really good uh, to be honest. And I, and, and it's funny because I, I'm not afraid to say that, how, you know, that that trade was incredibly lopsided, but that's not, but that doesn't mean that Austin Gomber is just some throw in. Like it was, that was a good pickup for the Rockies. Um, the, the thing that I've been most curious about with him is, you know, he's a curve, he's a, he's a fly ball pitcher who throws a curveball. <laughs> These things, those two things don't always translate very well to Coors Field. Um, but he's making it work so far. Um, and he's not afraid to like pitch how he pitches, which is how he should be doing it. You know, if that's what works for him, he should do that. Um, I'm, I'm, I am very curious how, how it works back at his, you know, if St. Louis is his baseline, um, you know, how, how he'll do going back there, even beyond the sort of like, you know, reunion aspects of it. I just want to see him pitch at a place he's comfortable in um, for, you know, against the team that he used to be, you know, he used to be a part of, but um, the, the one other interesting thing. And uh, again, it's, he's sort of, he's because he's a test case. um, He's still talking about how much Yachty Molina helps him. Like, I how you know he's on another team. He's well into the season now, and he's you know he's like every once in a while I'll say, uh, yeah, you know uh, Yanni used to do this thing or you know like whatever you know he used to call his game where uh, where where we throw all curve. It's like man, holy cow! Like how much he took so much. The Cardinals are a great pitching organization in my in my opinion, um, and it it just comes from a lot of different angles uh, that that are unfamiliar to, um, to me as a Rockies reporter. So, you know, it, it's, I, I, I don't, I'm rambling a little bit, but like, I'm just very curious about Austin Gomber this year. So, so yes, uh, you know, like this is one more reason that the idea that he's going back to the, his former, to face his former team. That's one, honestly, that's like one small slice of my curiosity about Austin Gomber. The other, uh, the other big name that'll be coming back to uh, town tomorrow and that will get a very, very big ovation uh, is Matt Adams, who recently made his Rockies debut last week. I'll, I'll, uh, Nick, I think he is. He hit one of the top ten. Uh, has one of the top ten most important hits in Cardinal history. Uh, I, I still, I still think that, and he will be loved forever by Cardinal fans for what he did against Clayton Kershaw back in the uh back in the postseason uh so many years ago but he is uh he, you know what he was unsigned at the start of the season signed a minor league deal and worked his way onto the uh onto the big league roster and now he's uh getting some at bats with the team right yeah exactly it's funny um they're such a young team now uh it was they it was very obvious that they were missing like a veteran sort of pinch hitting bench bat backup um and, you know, it was like, well, why don't they have, you know, it was very curious. Like, why don't they even have this? They very quietly, very quietly signed him to a minor league deal, like right, right at the end of spring training. Um, he was called up, interestingly enough, 
immediately after the GM resigned. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I am, I am guessing that that was uh, Rocky's manager, Bud Black's decision. He was like, okay, fine. I can just call it Matt Adams. Um, and he used him immediately in a pinch hit situation. He, he struck out on a bad call, but um, you know, I think he'll, he'll probably factor in quite a bit with the, with the Rockies just because he fills a need that they're so desperate. Um, they're so desperate for, even if he's not getting a lot of starts at first base, cause they have CJ Crone, um, but they can platoon a little bit. Um, you know, it seems like he's fallen. He's kind of like fallen into place pretty well. It's, it's difficult to see how, especially for somebody who's been around, you always want to see how they react with other younger players, especially in the clubhouse. And, um, you know, that's one thing that's difficult to not, you know, like, because I'm not allowed in the clubhouse this year, um, it's difficult to kind of see, but you can kind of see hints of it, how, how he talks to players in the dugout, uh, how he handles at bat, stuff like that. It's very, it's, you know, he's another curiosity of mine, but um, they were so, they were so needy for him that uh, it was like, oh, okay, well, finally they have this, they, you know, how long is this, you know, how long were they putting this off for? Like, cause it was very obviously that he should have been up. <laughs> well, Nick, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, for a, for a team that uh, you said the, the morale is down. That's kind of a rebuild. The, the Rockies seem to be a very interesting team coming into town this, uh, this weekend. And anytime I mean, we had the Mets in town this week, it's the Rockies this weekend. I'm sure you feel the same way after 2020 of just seeing divisional teams. It is so nice to actually see the team getting to travel and getting to see faces that we haven't seen in two years. Oh, it's been awesome. It still feels weird if I, to be honest, but uh, it's, it's just like, yes, it's really nice. <laughs> it's like actual, like actual real baseball. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, that's cool. I remember that. I remember real baseball. <laughs> well, Nick, I, I'll probably hit you up in a few weeks for recommendations around, uh, around cores. So I uh, be, uh, be looking for that text here in a, uh, in a few weeks. It's the, uh, the Rockies A series will be the one that I'm in, uh, I'm in town for. So looking, uh, looking forward to finally seeing Coors Field for the first time. Oh, definitely do. And also, I'm sure Benjamin Hawkman can help you with that too still. But yeah, hit, yeah, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Nick. Hey, thank you. That's Nick Groke of The Athletic joining us here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClavesOnline.com. Also, hey, we are sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. Anything. You, you hit a deer, you hit another car, you, you know, something happens, hail damage. I know we've had some storms. It, it looks like we're going to have some more storms this weekend, uh, bullet holes, anything. Council Auto Body will help get you back on the road fast. They'll also help you get that rental car. They work with most insurance providers. They will help you with your car and any of the issues you have with uh, getting back on the road. Council Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville is where you can go to have them help you out. Let them know that you were uh, referred by the show here. They'll take real nice care of you. Known them for, God, it, it really, like 20 years. I've known the family that owns Collinsville Auto Body. They will help you get back on the road fast. Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. We take a break and we come back. Eric Edholm of Yahoo talking NFL draft. Little Aaron Rodgers. We'll have him on right after this. It's Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. It's ClaibsOnline.com. The Inskip Law Firm wants you to know that whether you need a will or trust, long-term care planning for a loved one, a special needs trust, or more, that you've come to the right place with them. Maybe you don't know what you need. At the Inskip Law Firm, they explain everything that you need to know, and they answer every question. 
and their process is easy, straightforward, and understandable. There's no preparation necessary and nothing to bring. Their services are customized to suit your unique needs and wishes, and they will work with you to uncomplicate the complicated. The Inskip Law Firm prides themselves on responsiveness and quick turnaround. You'll always know the fees up front and always receive a personalized plan that reflects your own unique needs. You can call now to set up a COVID-safe in-person or virtual consultation at 314-818-0344 or find them online at inskiplaw.com. And welcome back in to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClabesOnline.com. We are one week removed from the NFL draft and all the drama going on in the NFL right now. So we've reached out to Yahoo Sports' Eric Edholm to come on the show and talk about it. Eric, how are you doing? Pleasure's mine. I'm doing all right. We're uh, Everybody's recovering here after the draft. It was a long, uh, long draft season. So uh, it's fun to look back now instead of forward. As a guy who, you know, covers the draft, primarily covers the draft so mm-hmm. much as you do, when a story like Aaron Rodgers comes out the day of, <laughs> as a draft guy, do you just kind of throw your hands up in the yes. air and go, what the? <laughs> yeah, like I needed this, right? It, it, and, you know, I mean, I, that time wasn't a coincidence either, right? I mean, this is when everybody is now refocused on the NFL. And I look, I don't know who leaked the story. I mean, you have people speculating, oh, it had to be Rodgers or his camp or something. Oh, maybe it was the Packers. Maybe they secretly want to get rid of this guy. Look, I don't know. I don't know what the the genesis of it was, but it was chosen purposefully to, to come out the day of the first round of the draft. So very interesting, I would say. Did you sit there that whole night waiting for a move to be made, uh, you know, a first round pick going to the Packers in place of that, especially with all the quarterbacks that were on the board ready to go? Yeah. I mean, from the Packers perspective, they've known about this for a while. And apparently there were some, you know, you know, the Rams may have reached out and other teams may have made trade offers, but I think that was a pretty short window of time. Now I'd be curious to find out how many people call, how many teams called immediately after hearing the news that that got reported. So it's tough because you're in draft meetings, George Payton, first year GM, you know, in Denver would have been an interesting candidate. Um, I don't know how quickly you can kind of string a deal together. Obviously the Packers had a, a plan of attack that probably didn't include any, you know, listening to Rogers uh, offers. So I imagine it was pretty tough, although there were some semi convincing reports that, you know, they may have made some progress toward that end, or they may have at least, you know, gotten past the initial uh, stages of that. So we'll see. I really truly have no idea what's get, what's next. Right. I mean, if they come after his bonus money and, and try to recoup part of his salary for this, you know, that's, that's certainly a, a no looking back moment, I would think. And realistically, nothing can happen till June 1st because of his contract and save more money if they traded him after that point. I just, they've come out and said, we're not doing it. So I don't know. Is that the final answer? Is, is anything going to change along the way? We're going to be talking about this thing for a while. I suspect as a, uh, as a Chicago guy, when you see the stuff that he compared the GM to Jerry Krause, <laughs> what were, uh, what were your thoughts when you saw that? Well, yeah, I mean, Jerry put together a pretty good team. I would say I realized what <laughs> happened at the end there, uh, multiple championships, what five or whatever, you know, so six, you know, it, 
yeah, I think it's a funny line, obviously, and it's a great little scoop to have gotten, but uh, you know, the, the situations clearly were different. That also means that Aaron Rodgers is Michael Jordan, which, you know, I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a tremendous player, but yeah, that, that, that may have been a bit of a stretch. I don't know. So let's, let's stay in Chicago. Uh, if, as you look at the first round, it seemed like the bears were the most talked about team that night, yeah. making the move to go and get fields and giving themselves a, a star first round quarterback for, for the yeah. first time, which, well, I mean, and that's the thing. Everybody thought that with Trubisky, didn't they? Or, or am I, am I off here being, you know, so removed from that market? I, I I'll tell you this, Trubisky got booed two days after he was picked at the uh, Blackhawks game. Now, I mean, I don't know if that was directly shot at him or was it more geared towards the team or what? I have no idea, but it, it felt like more of a surprise and more of a, huh? Wow. Okay. Geez. You know, I think that one caught off people people off guard in a bad way, but hey, let's give him a chance. Let's see what he can do. This one, it was almost like Bears fans had convinced themselves there really wasn't a realistic avenue to getting somebody of that caliber to get a Justin Fields or, you know, or even a Mac Jones probably. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I I I'm pretty convinced they just didn't see the the path because I didn't I didn't know they could they could be able to get that far back and be be in a position to draft that. Uh, that talented a quarterback. So I, I think it, it was really shocking. I live up here and I, I went out for errands on Friday morning. I hadn't seen anybody in a bears Jersey walking around out in the wild in like months, you know, and all of a sudden I see four people separate, you know, not together. They were, they were just in shock and they were celebrating their, their good fortune. I think. You know, I, I went to, I went to Western Illinois and I have a yep. lot of friends who are Bears fans still. Sure. And I think social media wise, I think I saw one person that was against it. And I was, I was shocked <laughs> by that, but I think the person was also a, a Michigan fan, college fan. So I think there might be some animosity towards it for that reason. But yeah, what reason could anybody have for not liking that move? I mean, if you're maybe Andy Dalton's nephew or cousin <laughs> or, you know, something along those lines, Nick Foles's uh, brother or something. Yeah, no, I mean, it, <clears throat> it, it certainly feels like it, it, it checked all the boxes for an exciting move. Right. And obviously he's a rookie, you know, he comes from a different passing system. There's going to be some stuff that that's going to take him a little while to, um, to pick up on. And, you know, Andy's a pro and he's been around the block for a while and, you know, he's got to beat him out. I mean, and he's got to outplay him by a considerable, not a considerable amount, but by a clear amount to where people say, all right, this kid's got to start right away. You know, this has got to be <clears throat> how it goes. So uh, that'll be a fascinating battle. No doubt about it. Just to see when the bears are ready to make that move. Yeah. I mean, it's no guarantee he'll pan out. Of course, we know that about every quarterback entering the NFL, but I would be shocked if, if Justin Fields wasn't at least, you know, by at some point in his career considered a top 10 quarterback. I think he's that got that kind of ability. Has there ever been a more lateral move for a guy like Mac Jones to go from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick and <laughs> from college yeah. to pro, right? Like uh, peanut butter to almond butter, a slight difference, you know, little <laughs> changes, but you know exactly what you're dealing with. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, obviously they, they trust each other, Saban and Belichick. They exchange information, you know, outside of the two-year period where Nick was the Dolphins coach. They've, you know, commuted, communicated on the regular, I would think. And a lot of Alabama players have ended up there. You know, this 
the Patriots had to feel pretty darn good what they were getting with Jones and what they were getting with Christian Barmore in round two as well. Is there, when you look at a guy like Jones who went later than maybe expected, or maybe, you know, back in January, February would have thought he would have gone uh, to go that late to be in a situation where he's there competing with a quarterback like Cam Newton for a job. And then you compare it to like a Zach Wilson, who's going to New York and in the spotlight there, how much pressure is on a, a quarterback like Mac Jones now in new England? Not much. I mean, really, I don't, I, I think most people are in new England. If I had to guess would are resigned to the idea that, you know, Cam is probably the starter. Bill already said that, you know, so, um, you know, Bill has not, played very many rookie quarterbacks like Eric Zier in Cleveland, Jacoby Brissett after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Usually your rookie year is spent sitting and learning. I don't know if the Patriots have that luxury, but then again, they've never selected a quarterback higher than the 62nd pick in the draft or whatever. That was Jimmy Garoppolo. So this was the first time that they've gone with a, a first round quarterback in Belichick's entire career. They have to feel pretty good about him. Cam Newton did not play well, especially after the COVID bout last year. You know, it didn't look like he ever felt comfortable or fully grasped the offense. And, and I think you'll see a better version of Cam this year. I think he's going to be determined to, to lay it all out on the line. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, he may only be able to stave off Jones for so long. At some point, if that, if that quarterback play levels off, you know, you could see a switch. You know, we, we, there was so much quarterback talk in that, in that first round and in the draft overall five going on that first night. So outside of those five teams that took quarterbacks, who do you think was, or had the biggest draft had the, had the best draft last weekend. So outside of the teams that drafted the quarterbacks, I would probably say the Cleveland Browns, you know, they had a, a really strong draft. I mean, the top two picks, I think will play right away on defense. Uh, Greg Newsom, the corner out of Northwestern, feisty a little small but super athletic i mean he's he's a bulldog he'll go out there and battle bigger guys he'll handle quicker guys injuries have been an issue but i really like his talent and then jeremiah wusu koromoa the hybrid linebacker safety out of north i mean uh notre dame excuse me you know i'll be curious to see how they employ him because you know some teams have struggled with making a jabril peppers work or making uh isaiah simmons work those kind of hybrid um, half safety, half linebacker guys. The thing about Cormo is that he plays the run very well. He's a big hitter. He's got coverage ability. He's got great instincts uh, when he's dropping. Um, and he's used to playing up around the line of scrimmage too. I don't think he'll make him a deep safety. I think he's more of that box safety type, but he could be, a, a you know, your, your nickel and, and kind of factor in against tight ends and backs in the receiving game. I mean, I, I like the pick. It was great value where they got him. I mean, I didn't love him the way some people did, but I thought it was very smart. And, um, you know, Anthony Schwartz is a good receiver. You know, they add uh, Demetric Felton as well. I just, to, to parlay what they did in free agency with John Johnson and Clowney and those guys, to get the draft class they did in their hometown, it had to feel like a pretty special weekend for Cleveland. I saw already on Yahoo uh, sports.yahoo.com. You already have your mock drafts up for next year. Uh, you, you have a rankings of that when it comes to doing a mock draft a year ahead of time. Yeah. Is it harder to handicap which order the teams will be in <laughs> or the players uh, where, where they'll fall one through 25, I think is what you did. 
Yeah. And so I thought about this. I, I, I realized I'm like, you know, the thing that will get people mad is if I start saying, okay, you know, the Texans are going to get the first pick and Detroit's going to get the second pick and go on down from there. People get more angry about that than they do, you know, what players you pick or anything like that. So I decided, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go off script this year. I'm going to do a little different. I'm going to get my 25 most intriguing prospects. And I left off, you know, 10 that I could have added easily. But guys that interest me, 15 non-quarterbacks and then 10 quarterbacks, because we do have some depth to next year's crop, potentially. There's not a Trevor Lawrence. There isn't that clear-cut guy. Even There isn't even really a, a Justin Fields, I would say, at this point. But between Sam Howell at North Carolina, Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma, you know, uh, JT Daniels, Keaton Slovis, you know, Jaden Daniels, all these other guys that could be the next Zach Wilson, who could be the next Mac Jones or Trey Lance, you know, the risers of the group, if you will, because every year there is one or two of those. So, you know, I just figured let's just list them. Well, we won't make it a mock. We won't make it a rankings. We'll just have a list. How about that? Isn't that nice and clean? <laughs> well, Eric, I appreciate the, uh, the time that you gave us talking a little NFL draft recapping what we saw last week. Uh, thank you so much. Pleasure's mine. Talk to you real soon. Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports talking a little NFL draft with us from last week, kind of recapping the winners of that, talking quarterbacks. Good talk there with Eric Edholm. Hey, this is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, also sponsored by the Inskip Law Firm and Glory Pro Wrestling. Glory Pro Wrestling, their next show coming up on May 22nd. They are back at the South Broadway Athletic Club. They, the South Broadway Athletic Club is quickly becoming a, uh, a favorite of the Glory Pro fans, and it, it could be a favorite of yours too. Get on out there and check it out. May 22nd, it's a Saturday night. 7 o'clock is uh, the bell time. Doors are opening at 6. Once again, main event, Jake something, AJ Gray. Hey, go to Glory Pro. Check out the promo with uh, with me and Jake something. That, uh, that we shot a few weeks ago where he, he tells you all about the uh, the fact that that's his title. He's walking around with the title uh, with A.J. Grace, Crown of Glory Championship. And I'm going to tell you, so they have Josh Alexander versus Mike Outlaw. That's, that, that is going to, I'm telling that's going to be match of the night. That is going to be Mike Outlaw, Josh Alexander. That's going to be match of the night. But I'm telling you this, hey, there's a tag match on the card. The four-star heroes are back in town against a new up-and-coming tag team, No Role Models. These guys were. These guys are back. The No Role Models team is back because the fans wanted them back after seeing the match that they put on at the Battle on Broadway in April. So check it out again. Go to the uh, go to the website gloryprowrestling.com. Go there or go to the Twitter account. Find out how to get tickets to Glory Pro Wrestling's next. Uh, pay-per-view wild ambition coming up on may 22nd their next show it's a six o'clock start time seven o'clock is the first match at the south broadway athletic club we will take another break when we come back it's crack slippers andy and i get you uh, home and ready for the weekend right here on weekend joe driven by munganass st louis acura and munganass alton toyota it's claimsonline.com You're listening to Weekend Joe now on ClavesOnline.com, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, 
also sponsored by the Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Sponsor of, uh, well, my many shows on many different platforms for about 10 years now. Collinsville Auto Body, they'll work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. That's 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Collinsville Auto Body. Final segment here of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. Joe Roderick, Andy Hanselman here with you as uh, you just heard interviews with Nick Groke of The Athletic and Eric Edholm of Yahoo. Back to us now as we get set to uh, wrap things up and put another bow on the uh, on the show for you today. And, uh, uh, hey, Munganass St. Louis Acura, the uh, 2022 MDX there at Munganass St. Louis Acura. Midsize luxury SUV. It is also the top safety pick. It earned the top safety pick award from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety with the standard front crash prevention system. It's uh, go, go to Munganass or the website, stlouisacura.com. Go to stlouisacura.com to check out the new 2022 MDX. They have 13 of them in stock right now, and you can go and shop right there from your website. I'm on the website right now. I am on the website here right now. It is as easy as can be to uh, to look at this and shop around at these cars, get a nice look inside and out at these gorgeous cars here at Munganass St. Louis Acura, the 2022 MDX. That uh, I, Again, I, so we 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 need to do our show from the uh, from Munganass here uh, soon. Claves uh, and I do. I Claves wants to do it from inside one of the uh, one of the MDXs. Oh, he he wants us to, which is possible. I mean, it's completely possible to do, Andy. I mean, you see what it takes to to put on one of these shows and to uh, to do the lunch show and how easy it is. I feel like we could do one from inside of a uh, of an MDX. Absolutely, you could. They're they're big and they're roomy, and they are they're set up for broadcasting because I bet they're just they're quiet as a mouse. Yeah, it's uh hey one point nine percent APR and all new two thousand twenty two Acura MDX models, so uh, you could get that for four sixty nine a month for thirty six months. Uh, there it is. Uh, God, I'm just looking at these cars now, Andy. I just I want to drive one of these up and down Manchester. I just I want to take one of these cars out, drive it up and down Manchester. I'm gonna uh, I, I'm gonna text when we're done here. I need to shoot Jamie a text and see what we can uh, see what we can plan out there at thirteen seven twenty Manchester Road in St. Louis. Find it online, St. Louis Acura dot com. Andy, if you would, we have to get some crack slippers done. Joe, some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news, and we picked those stories up here on Weekend Joe. These are the Crack Slippers with Joe Roderick on ClaimsOnline.com. First off, uh, I, I got you know some some football news uh, here today as I uh, as we first look at the uh, in the NFL. Um, I like talking Olympics and. The uh, you know, the wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, DK Metcalf, a big, big guy, big, sure. uh, huge guy, Absolutely. DK Metcalf, and fast too. Yeah, he is. Yeah, on Sunday, Andy, he is racing in the 100 meters at the USATF, which I'm guessing is USA Track and Field Golden Games on Sunday. Mm-hmm. If he can run the 100 meters in 10.05. 
he will automatically qualify for Olympic trials. Wow. So this is a large, large man who's already a wide receiver in the NFL who's trying to compete for an Olympic spot. The guy, he is 6'4", 230. So you have to run it in 10.05? To qualify for Olympic trials, yes. Usain Bolt's record is 9.58 seconds. Isn't that crazy? It, it, it's, I mean, all of this. Like the fact that he can, how big, I mean, how big is Usain Bolt? That's, and that's what I'm saying here, like, that he is able to move that fat. Usain Bolt is 6'5", 207. Really? He's that big, huh? He's, oh, he's tall. He's real tall. Wow. And this, I mean, so DK Metcalf's running with about 20 more pounds on him. And is trying to qualify for the Olympics. Good for DK Metcalf. That's pretty awesome. It, it really is. It's something to watch again this Sunday. This Sunday at the USA Track and Field event, he will I mean, uh, he'll try to. Uh, I mean, I for just that. googled him, and dude is just effing ripped. I mean, he has a, <laughs> he, is. <laughs> he has a damn eight pack. I mean, I've never. He, he may not even like have an ounce of fat in his ass. I I would like. I need to get out. I haven't done track workouts in a while. I, I just want to get out and I want to run 10 seconds and see how far I would go. I, like, I'm going to guess about 70 meters, 80 meters. I would take that. I would too. If you tell me that I could run 80 meters in 10 seconds, I would take that. I'd be happy with that. So like imagine yourself on a golf course. Yeah. And you run from the 100 yard sign or the 100 yard marker into the middle of the green. In 10 seconds, about. That's insane. Yeah, I, that's, uh. So that's, that's I'm, I'm really going to do, really I'm gonna do I, I gotta, I gotta do a track workout here in the next few weeks. I'm going to plan on doing that. Hey, do you remember uh, Steve McMichael, former, uh, former NFL, former Chicago bear, and then went into the world of professional wrestling with WCW? No. You don't remember Mongo McMichael? Nope. Well, uh, I'm sure some of our listeners will remember him. Uh, unfortunately, he's currently battling ALS, and it's uh, it's not uh, not great the condition that he is in. I know that it's been making the rounds. There is a GoFundMe for him right now for Team Mongo, and uh, Ric Flair went and, and saw him the other day. A lot of uh, Chicago sports media, a lot of people in the world of wrestling have been uh, have been posting their love for Steve Mongo McMichael as he is uh, currently really uh, in a in a really bad battle with ALS it's uh, for for former for wrestling fans or football fans that remember him it is a story worth checking out and finally Andy have you uh, heard the name of teenage soccer star Olivia Moultrie yes you have heard this story Yes. I was unfamiliar with this story until this morning. Andy, she is 15 years old, and she is suing the National Women's Soccer League because they won't let her play. 15 years old, and she apparently is good enough to play with women's professional soccer, but their current rule says that you have to be at least 18 years of age to play. Right. So they are uh, they they have have an antitrust of uh, their the antitrust lawsuit that they have put out there, they, and they're not even they, I think they said they're not even looking for money, they just want them to lift that and let her play, right? 
at the age of 15, she's good enough to do so. I mean, thank Freddie Adu signed in 2000. Freddie Adu, Andy signed in 2004 with MLS. Mm-hmm. And he was 16. He was 14. He was 14. He was 14. Freddie Adu is 31 years old now, if you want to feel old. Wow. How about yeah. that? So uh, young guys have signed over, you know, in Europe and in, um, in you know, in, in MLS. They, they've done it for years, but not uh, not allowed to happen here. So remember that name, look that up. Olivia Moultrie is her, uh, is her name. She apparently was offered a full scholarship at North Carolina to play soccer. Andy, when she was 11 years old, 11, 11 years old, North Carolina said, Hey, we want you to come play college soccer for us. Hmm. They've won 21 titles. I think Doogie Hauser went to college when he was 11. Well, that this is, so think Doogie Hauser, but for female soccer, right? Yeah, so not, at the age of 13, so she turned that down. She turned them down at the age of 11, and at 13, she hired a, a sports agency to represent her. She I also last it. year signed a nine-year deal, a six-figure endorsement for nine years with Nike. Wow. Right? Hudson needs to get off his ass and get to work in the next five years. Yeah, honey. I tell you what, we have signed him up for so much stuff this summer. I just, I want him just to be worn out by the end of the day with all the, and it's not just sports stuff. I'm not, we're not talking just, you know, oh, he's going to be the next, you know, he's playing some select baseball league and he's going to be traveling around the country. No, we're not talking that. I mean, don't do that. Yeah. Every, I mean, every sport, every camp, everything that I could find it's go, you're doing that. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're going to find what you like to do. And I'll tell tell you what it's not going to be. It's not going to be that effing Xbox. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not going to happen. Right. So it is, I mean, yeah. Do the uh, the kids play the pickleball? I have not seen kids playing pickleball, but I imagine at a summer camp that they will. Right. You you, as big as it is right now, you'd have to imagine that they want to start getting kids involved with it. So yeah, that that, uh, other, other, uh, other pickleball specific courts in the Belleville region. There are, yeah, there are outdoor courts, and I know a lot of indoor facilities that have them as well. Yes, the new uh, Plumber Family Park here in Edwardsville has, like, I want to say, twelve dedicated pickleball courts. Uh huh. Um, along with regular tennis courts, but then also, but the pickleballers, I mean, they just go play on tennis courts too, and they just use the box. Yeah, the- there. Yeah, though, you, there's some that are modified, have multiple lines and stuff on them. So, yeah, that's one thing I'm not doing. I'm not getting back out on the pickleball court. I'm just gonna stick with. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna stick well, with. We saw uh, what happened last time you tried to play tennis against a professional. Oh, I'll do that again. Damn sure I'll do that again. <laughs> yeah, you better believe I'll step in there again. Yeah, set, you set, have your uh, have your cousin set that up. Yeah. Oh, you can take some serves. Absolutely, I will. You better believe it. We'll get that broadcasted with our broadcast partner, Riverbender.com. Go for it. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, that's going to wrap it up for us here today on Weekend Joe as we uh, as we wind down, get you set for another weekend of, uh, of fun. Hopefully, rain holds off on Sunday. Hopefully, all you mothers out there have a uh, very nice Mother's Day on Sunday and uh, just get some damn peace and quiet from those kids. Uh, for Andy Hanselman, I am Joe Roderick. This has been Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, right here on ClabesOnline.com. 
St. Louis Acura is celebrating 35 years with Acura. So we're giving you some unprecedented offers, like the all-new 2022 Acura MDX. Get 1.9% financing for up to 60 months and 1,000 in loyalty and conquest offers. Or get 0% financing on the redesigned 2021 TLX for up to 60 months and $2,500 in loyalty conquest offers. St. Louis Acura, committed to becoming better than ever for you.